Mickey Bunage. <laughs> Is that what you said? No, I did not. That's what Alexia no, said. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Nail Social Office Hours. This is our 17th episode, and we have a very special guest here today. We have Alec Beckett. Hi there. He is our uh, creative partner here at Nail, and he's filling in for Jess. What happened to Jess? Jess is, um, well, you know, Jess is actually here, but he was on vacation. <laughs> I've locked week. him in a closet. Yeah. <laughs> because Alec, you know, just wanted to be a part of the, uh, part of the gang here. <laughs> so... Episode 17, this is the first time we have a stand-in for Jess. I feel a little pressure, I gotta Don't tell you. Don't feel pressure. Little, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. guys got like magic chemistry that I'm <laughs> not sure I can uh, duplicate. Not sure about that. Um, but yeah, so let's go through an outline of what's going on here today. So we're going to, you know, diverge from the norm here, sort of make our segments a little bit more fluid. But first we have sort of kind of this week in paid which is going to be the octopus emoji segment. Ooh, intriguing. <laughs> um, we have a segment about um, awards and humanity and results. Awards versus results, that whole topic. And then we have a who to follow. These are Alex's, uh, I guess, top follows that he'll take us through. And then the rant wheel slash Twitter poll rant wheel makes an appearance. Okay, let's roll into our TikTok music. Walk a mile in these Louboutins But they don't wear these shits where I'm from Okay, have you seen this I one? have not seen this okay. one. Okay. <laughs> so this is, this is a TikTok meme where someone takes something that's not shoes and puts it on their feet. Oh, wait, walks. I have seen this. Have you seen yes, this? Yes, I have. So people yes. will do it with like eggs or I've seen it with like, they literally take cucumbers off of off of the vine and like tape them to their feet or like I've seen it with Sharpies. You know, and, and it's funny, and people thought the internet wasn't going to change the world. <laughs> <laughs> so it just gets better and better. I've seen it with oven mitts. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one. That's a good TikTok meme. We were trying to think of more and more, you know, and it's, it's actually funny. It feels like there's more little Nas X ones coming out. Like the new song, the rodeo song, is like part of this new meme where you buckle into your seat. It's like a dance move and you mimic buckling. I don't know what's called. Is this buckle. Lil Nas X's new song? It's one of his new songs. Okay. He also wonderful. has Panini. Ah, I know Panini, but Panini. So he's don't desperately trying not to be a one hit wonder. I know. It's a little weird. Because they <laughs> all cute. have they all have like the same sort of rodeo western theme. He's on the cover of Time magazine. Is he really? The cover of Time, which is like Goodness gracious, that's, that's amazing. Cool. Do you want to put a guess in for how long Old Town Road will go? Because Jess I think and I have guessed. I almost feel like Time Magazine, the shark has jumped. Oh, like, really? Next week it's over. I don't know what we're up to, but I just, I don't know. Okay, all right. Well, Alec is I'm, I'm taking the under. <laughs> I'm taking the under on whatever. All right. uh, I, mean, I took the under too. Jess said 35 weeks. Jess is insane. Okay, it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> um, okay, so over here at Nail this week, we have been testing and working on um, using product-based copy and shorter copy. The more and more we get involved with e-commerce and uh, products, and trying to trying to sell things at the bottom of a funnel, we tend to need to use uh, copy that sort of explains product benefits. And a great way to do this and a great way to catch attention is actually use emojis. And I wanted to get Alex's opinion and sort of take on this because 
he comes from the copywriting industry and he's all about, you know, the copywriting and the creative and how has that changed over time? And does it feel weird using emojis? Yes, it does. Well, it's interesting because writing for like the last 20,000 years, I don't Mm -hmm. know when writing was invented, (laughs) has been this this potent way humans communicated with Mm -hmm. other humans. Um, And it's, it's kind of artificial, like mm-hmm. it's a it's a technology, um, but it's it's you know Shakespeare was a writer, and like it's it, it, there's a there's a almost religious significance to writing, especially someone like me who's trained in writing, mm-hmm. and then emojis come along, yeah, and it seems silly. But we started with emojis. No, you're right. I mean, you know what emojis I mean? really are, you know, hieroglyphics, right? And there's a there isn't a real magic to them to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest especially in a medium where you can like you, when you're texting when you're only using words it's incredible what the right emoji does to make your intent clear um in a way that is really priceless but there's also something kind of silly about mm-hmm. them that especially if you're doing something serious like we're doing some stuff on opioids and totally yeah it's that's a serious heavy topic and there's a part of me that wonders are are we undermining the seriousness of our message mm-hmm. with an emoji? I right. know I know we've seen statistically engagement mm-hmm. improves. You yeah. put them in there, but yeah, absolutely. HubSpot did some research that looked into you know which emojis have the most or the highest click through rate, which get the most engagement, that sort of thing. So actually, the octopus emoji gets the highest click through rate, and yeah, that's all fine and good, and if you're really focused on results, but I totally understand what you mean when it comes to like the more serious content or even B2B content. We were just mm-hmm. p- pitching business a few days ago and they sort of questioned us, are we the kind of business that would use emojis? And so I'd say, yeah, it's absolutely something to test, but it is something to be, you know, you need to understand, I guess, what your voice is. And that's probably where you're Right. Where you're and, from. you know, one of the things I think is worth pointing out is there's two levels to this kind of communication. One is the the sort of timeless human communication and there's certain stories and things that move humans and always have. Mm -hmm. And then there's kind of the topical culturally in the moment. And that's what emojis are right now. So one of the reasons I think that you see great engagement is because they're new and -hmm. especially seeing it in this context catches people's attention. I suspect that will wear out. The novelty yeah. will go and Mr. Octopus will descend back to the bottom of the sea from an engagement <laughs> standpoint. Um, but in our business, we sh- ideally we do both. Mm-hmm. We communicate at a, like a powerful human level, but also we're like culturally on it and in the moment and pushing the buttons that are working right now. And I think as long as we understand, it's one of the things you guys have said mm-hmm. is like best practices don't last right, in right. social in particular. And I I wouldn't be surprised if emojis is one of those things where right now there's some novelty to it, but the market will sort of catch up and something else will be new. Yeah, I think that's the key thing about social media. It's just changing so fast and the only constant is that it will change. And I think... Emojis are just the the other part of that. And and especially since 
we're really taking advantage of them, not at the top of the funnel and not as brand building necessarily, but it's when you sort of are already familiar with the brand and then you can go in and, and, you know, add the product benefit copy and put, you know, them as bullet points or use them to emphasize a sentence, that sort of thing. So it's a new thing we're trying here. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I must find I'm probably a little more reticent than I would be because I'm not fluent in all the emojis. I actually am not either, which is kind of funny. Like, I don't know what the um, I don't know what some of like the people are. Right. Like, well, it's kind of funny that there's a David Bowie one. There's a yeah, there is there's a David Bowie emoji. Oh, <laughs> like like it's a universal emoji on all the platforms. Is yeah, he, Mr. Bowie. Yeah, good for him. And the emojis are also Unicode, which is a thing. Yeah. Like they can be used on anything, and they have to get like approved, and it has to go through this big process. It's just a new way of hieroglyphics, I guess. It's a language. <laughs> Super cool. <laughs> All I'm right. saying, octopus emoji will not be the leading engagement getter in six months. Write it down. <laughs> 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 All right, let's scoot and talk about awards versus results. Uh. Walk a mile in these Louboutins. But they don't wear these sheets where I'm from. I just finished walking across the room and, and some waffles. <laughs> so. <laughs> waffles are the next. Ooh, sticks of butter. That'd be kind of funny. <laughs> Well, that's the point. Some people like fall at the end. That's that's what's happening. Uh, he broke his collarbone. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's like the Jake Paul content. Yeah, that's what works best. Like, it goes back to humans are simple animals. Simple animals. God, it's so sad. Um, so Alec wrote this awesome article on LinkedIn. It's called "It Turns Out the Award I Really Wanted to Win Wasn't an Award." And it's a little blurb. Uh, Alexia will link to it. But I think it's important to talk about. Like, from a creative's perspective, someone like me or some or Jess are so focused on results. And that's all we see. And that's where we make our decisions. But from a creative perspective, I guess it's a little bit different. Yeah, well, especially because I started in this business pre-internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was sort of, there was some famous expression some guy said, which was like, I know half my advertising budget is a waste of money. I just don't know which half. <laughs> um, so we live in an era now where you know which half. <laughs> you yes. know you know to the quarter percent. Um, but one thing that has um, happened as a result of that is like when I started in this industry, what was what was great work? It was like, it was a subjective thing. Mm-hmm. And there were all these award shows that formed where prestigious creative directors would meet and you'd pay a lot of money to enter your work and they would decide, ah, that is gold. Like when they'd give you an award and it would be good for your yeah. career and all that. Um, and it was, it was sort of the best you had because the truth is that you always want to say, Sales. The best ad is the one that sells the most. But that's not really fair because there's so many factors. Right, and it's hardly attributable. Right, exactly. Like your your client's product could be shit. <laughs> right? You do the great that doesn't mean you your ad is shit. Your ad True. could be the greatest thing right, ever right, right, right. and you they would have gone out of business mm-hmm. without it. Um but you know, so award shows really were 
dominant, and there's they still are. I know Avengers. They, they, I mean, yeah, you think about the Can Lions. Yeah. That's like everybody's end all be all, but it's it seems impossible to even get up to that level. It's well, it's funny because when I entered the business, you have a portfolio of work as a creative. And you go around, you show it to people, and you hope they think it's mm-hmm. good. And it's like you're totally insecure. Awards seem like this like firm ground. Yeah. If I win that award, I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I found, as I slowly but surely started to win some of these awards, and I never really told anybody this, but I didn't. I kept expecting like this sort of magic epiphany of mm-hmm. like, yes, I'm at the mountaintop. Yeah. I felt nothing but at all. Did you did you feel like, oh, I, st- I still don't feel anything. I need to get more. Was that it? For or a while, was, yeah. yes. But then I got to this point where I kind of like checked off all the pelts. Yeah. Like I'd gotten all the, I hadn't, you know, when I won best at show at can, mm-hmm. but I'd gotten a mm-hmm. can lion yeah. and, um, and I felt nothing. I mean, I guess I was proud. I was, but mm-hmm. what what really made me realize how odd it was was in the last few years, as we really started being able to track our work, and you know, you and Jess would come to us with like, "Well, take a look at what's yeah. happening here," yeah. and suddenly that data was an objective statement that this work is good sure that we've never been able to head before and i would get that little tingle (laughs) that i never got from any trophy which is really weird because that's the whole trophy business is all about tingles and ego and all that right it's so funny because i've only been in this industry a few years out of college but it's the only thing I know are the results. And I'm a data-driven person, and that's what I use to make my decisions and decide, oh, we need to put more money here, less money here. And the idea of award is so foreign to me, right. whereas the results are what I'm so like <laughs> steeped in. Well, it's interesting. When Jess started here, there was this fantastic kind of culture clash where he... You know, we're used to sort of creatives and delicate egos and, you know, they present something. Well, that's nice, but I Mm -hmm. wonder if, and Jess was so blunt. (laughs) He (laughs) is nothing if not blunt. Um, But it's, I really feel like, and at first it was, I think a lot of the creatives here were a little bit like, who's this dick? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. No, but we have, we have, everybody's moved closer I think he's come closer to us in mm-hmm. a sense where I think he has seen that sometimes he didn't understand. We, we'd put invest in sort of details sure. in a way that he'd be like, come on, what are we wasting our time here? Let's mm-hmm. get it out there. I think he has seen that when we creatively get it right, it works better. Right. And I think we have seen, we can learn so much from the data that mm-hmm. our instincts aren't always right. And that you can get like a magical direction Mm -hmm. given to you. Like, wait, that's the one that's really killing it. Mm -hmm. Let's try to deconstruct that and figure out where that came from. Right. Because I think, and we talked about this, that creative is still the most important level you or lever you can pull. And it's what really punctuates every 
every decision that we do here. But we can also test multiple different, you know, value propositions or ideas at one time that sometimes you don't have to just pick one outright and put all the effort into that. I tell you, that's freeing as well. Because it used to be it sort of all came down to like, you, Mr. Mm -hmm. Creative Director, you must decide. And like now you don't have to decide as much. Like throw it out yeah. there. See what happens. See what works. Test it. And then you have empirical data back that up. And that's important for the client perspective too. I mean, that they know that this is actively working before they put all their eggs in the basket. It's funny because I do feel like we are starting to land here at Nail on a bit of an optimal balance between creativity and analytics because mm-hmm. I I feel like our industry is a little drunk on analytics right now absolutely that it's the, one more time I hear data lake I'm gonna throw up <laughs> <laughs> but it's incredible like it I can see why and also if I put yourself in my client's shoes it feels safe Definitely. like that, like it's I'm not taking a chance because that's in the typical in the past, mm-hmm. you know, pre-analytics, a client, a CMO would put their career on the line sure. with a risk-taking campaign. Mm-hmm. And if it went well, they got a pat on the back. If it didn't, they got fired. So yeah, there was weren't a lot of incentive to take risks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like they're sort of leaping on the safety of the analytics. But to your point, optimizing things can only go so far. It's the thing you're optimizing Mm -hmm. that really matters. And I will say there's so much manipulation of data in this industry and malfeasance, incompetence that like you can't always rely on the data. You have to, you do have to put trust in your agency, in your vendors, but man, the more we audit accounts and the more that we take a peek behind the curtain of some other, um, work, you do see manipulation of that. And that's something to be aware of. Yeah. And that could be part of the backlash, mm-hmm. um, which I suspect the pendulum will swing back. And I found that really worrying how much, how much bogus, da- because there's so much data, yeah. you just pick what you want to make you look good. Absolutely. And so you present that to the client. The client wants to look good sure. to their boss. So mm-hmm. they're not going to challenge it that much right. to their boss. And it's, it's almost this chain of deceit that will catch up to us eventually. It makes me so nervous because a CMO or a client is so busy. Your run report that you give is not their top priority. They want to just check the box and make sure it's good and move on. But if it's if you're not properly educating and explaining and showing what the metrics mean and providing context, then you're really doing a disservice to your client. It's a tough balance to strike. And, you know, I should have known, I should have known we'd landed at the end of a podcast rookie here. I didn't pick up the the signals. Oh, my bad. You just got to walk a mile in my Louis Louis Vuittons. (laughs) Your red bottoms. (laughs) Come on, Alec. Walk a mile in these Louboutins But they don't wear these sheets where I'm from <laughs> okay? I can't stop laughing <laughs>
<laughs> this song and Alec are like so on the opposite sides of the is that Is that Nicki Minaj? No. Ah, it's Iggy I Azalea. Ah, okay. Well, ah. I, I would have been so cool if I got that right. <laughs> Crap. Nicki Banaj. Is that what you said? No, I did not. That's what Alexia no, said. No, I didn't. <laughs> Who's Nicki Banaj? <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, Alec, you have yes. three who to follows. That's not protocol. Usually oh. it's one who to follow. But what if I do I'm, them quick? Yeah, I, wa- I want to know who these people are. Okay, they're very different from each other. First is, they're all on Twitter. At Lee Clow's Beard. Lee Clow was a legendary creative director mm. at an agency. It was behind the Apple work, you know, the... Um, uh, the Nike, the first Nike work. Um, and he's got, I don't even know if it's him. <laughs> it, it, it is a verified account. It's it is essentially- verified, and it's like linking to a book. It's uh, His bio says, Musings on advertising and facial topiary, usually daily, often dandruff-free. So it's basically very simple, big picture views on this business that I think are kind of universal truths that are, mm-hmm. are worth um, keeping track of. It's funny. Jess and I are so often in the weeds of things right. that we're like, oh, go follow this guy because he knows how to make your ROAS grow 2%. And this is so different than that. It's, it's these high-level sort of musings, which sometimes you need. No, I think the perfect world, the, the two have to be good. You've got to have the 30,000-foot vision, and you've got to get the details right. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is is at Fair Machado. That's F E R underscore Machado M A C H A D O one two three, and he is the CMO at Burger King. Mm. And I think he may be the greatest client alive. Really? Well, unbelievable. They just won that can lion for a tweet. He's yes, he's. They won a bunch of can lines. Well, yeah, but that was the one that was huge in my mind because it wasn't even an ad. It was right. organic. The, um, he is the um, – I've never seen a client so committed to creativity to building their brand. He's, he's really brave, um, and they've taken a lot of chances, and they've had a lot of huge hits, but they miss us too. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's on my wish list to be a client, so – Maybe Manifest. if he hears about this podcast. Put it out in the world. It I just happen. did, right? There Beautiful. It's going to happen is. now. <laughs> and then the f- final one is at NYT First Said, um, which is a really cool account, which is the New York Times tweets out a word that they've never used in the history of the publication. Um, and so it's this really kind of cool way to watch new words enter the culture. Wait, I don't understand. These are so, words that don't exist? No, the, the, that's a word. What, what, list one of Micro-narratives. the Micro-narratives. That means that was tweeted, that was the first time that word has ever been used in the New York Times. At that time. That's that date, whenever they tweeted it. Two hours ago. Two hours ago, right. So two hours ago, an article in the New York Times uses micro-narratives. And they'd never cool. used that word ever. Um, oh, right. So it's yeah, cool. you see words forming intraconservative. That's interesting, and so it's kind of like political commentary. 
and it's cultural commentary and it's um it also shows how much more international mm-hmm. the news is getting um <laughs> assholery that yeah. was on august 13th <laughs> <laughs> heteronormalizing yeah this is so interesting and then, hmm. so follow it there yeah maybe i should beautiful Walk a mile in these Louboutins But they don't wear these shits where I'm from So we are now doing the Twitter poll Which is the rant wheel But we've turned it into a poll Because we like engagement And we like feedback And so And I'm a little disappointed There's not a big wheel of fortune wheel That I kind of thought And you had that special effect sound effect thing it was a big lie wasn't it no it's it's just not in here it's in the back room okay i didn't wheel it in today (laughs) um so what we tweeted out was the e-commerce bubble awards versus results reddit ad support in the rising price of cornmeal which someone suggested (laughs) that one did not win Um, what did win at 49% is the e-commerce bubble, which I will preface. And then Alec, you can jump in anytime you want. I don't know how much you can talk (laughs) about this, but okay. So in our industry, especially, um, on the social ads side, we are sort of jack of all of all trades. We try to do a little bit of everything and we don't have a vertical here at Nail. So we are not always focused on e-commerce. That's actually a very small, small part of what we run. So we do a lot of awareness, a lot of lead generation, a lot of just general brand content. And some people, especially on Twitter, these Twitter e-commerce hustlers are so focused on e-commerce and growing ROAS and making sure your click-through rate is high as possible and all of this. And they're constantly tweeting their results and they're so hyper-focused on this and hyper-focused on like getting um, their Shopify results 100% accurate and all of this, that it seems like they're in a bubble and don't understand the importance of brand building. Because if you don't have a brand, your products are are not going to sell themselves. You know, you'd need to have a through line or a narrative going through all of it. Yeah, I think it's, it's they're obsessed with getting somebody to do something, mm-hmm. but they lose sight of the the big picture idea, which is the easiest way to get someone to do something, is to make them feel something first. Sure. Make you feel make make you feel good about my brand. I will do. I'm much more likely to, to do the thing you want me to. Yeah, um, make a connection. We always talk about the idea of like, you wouldn't ask someone to do something the minute you walked into a party. Right. You have to shake yeah. their hand yeah. first. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just am so frustrated by the idea that you wouldn't talk to people as people first or not as just consumers, quote, that you're selling to. I mean, there is a moment when that's right. Like sure. I'm looking for a backpack and you show me a backpack. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the backpack. We can talk about the backpack. And I think, you know, in search, paid search or in that sort of environment, that sort of just click business transaction yeah, yeah. is what it's about. But if you're if you're really trying to communicate with people and build a community, especially on social where it's totally doable, then, you know, let's talk. Let's have a let's have a conversation. 
Yeah, and I love the party analogy because that's from Jeanette. You know, you know who you hate <laughs> at the party is the sales guy. Yeah, you don't invite him back to the party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of those things where I think some people because they don't have other clients and because they are so results focused that their like job will go away if they don't have if they don't have proper results. Maybe they have to be. But that's simply not how you would build a brand. Amen. <laughs> now, you sure you don't want to talk about cornmeal? I don't know much really, about cornmeal. The prices cornmeal are skyrocketing. It's really, really a problem. They're so high these days. <laughs> the, actually, the only time I ever used cornmeal is in arepas and, and uh, at the bottom of pizza. Ah, yes. <laughs> Uh, let's quickly plug our ears, I think, and then we'll move on to the after show. Walk a mile in these Louboutins, but they don't wear these sheets where I'm from. <laughs> oh, Alec, do you know how to plug your ears? You just, you know, say we have a, a Twitter page you should follow. <gasps> You know. Oh my God, <laughs> you're diminishing my job. <laughs> you guys, if you ever are curious about what we do and where we are and where you could find us, the website is nail.social. The Twitter page is nail.social. The email is coffee at nail social. Coffee at nail social. And hit us up. That's where you can find all of our services and the... Um, the things we do and alec will yeah. not um contribute anything else <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys meet us in the after show we're gonna talk scrunchies oh my god <laughs> i have to talk scrunchies <laughs> You didn't come prepared to talk about scrunchies. <laughs> My hair has never been more than five inches long. So really? I've never needed. You never had long hair. I feel like. I, I feel like I could see you with long hair. Yeah, that's what Alexia is saying. That would, if I cared what I look like, I might have at some point said, "I wonder what I look like with long hair." But I don't huh. care what I look like. Interesting. Um, that's why I, I think do that podcasts. was a good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I do podcasts. Um, I think that was a that was a good first episode, Phew, Alec. It's very stressful. I think something's going on weird with our headphones. I'm getting. A I'm getting bit crazy of a delay. delay. Oh, yeah. That's fine. It's okay. I think we pulled through. But <laughs> <laughs> first of all, I bought my first pack of scrunchies. There's six scrunchies in a pack. I got them on Amazon. I'm really Wait, into first it. first time in your life? I mean, I guess I had them when I was like five, but um, they're coming back. That's why I'm talking about them because it's a whole new trend and they're way better for your hair. They you know how the pull little, it out? The black hair yeah. ties like put a dent and they like give you, um, yeah, they pull on your hair and they give you weird like split ends. They don't These. Put a, you put a dent, not a permanent dent. No, not a permanent dent, <laughs> but if you put it. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. I don't know. <laughs> <If> <laughs> If you um, wear your hair up for a long time and you like have it in a ponytail and then take it out, you literally have a dent. Uh, shameful. Shameful. Exactly. So these don't give you a dent. They're cute. Mine have bows in them, except I kind of look like Jojo Siwa. 
Do you know who she is? No. no. <laughs> she gets yeah, someone you don't want to look like. No, she's like a Disney Channel star. Oh, she wears a big bow. Okay, <laughs> it's not great. She's like my age, though. Really bizarre. Alec is not engaged in this conversation. <laughs> I have a daughter who wears scrunchies, so right. I'm, I'm I'm getting it. You get it. But okay. I didn't know they were out of fashion. No, they're in fashion. Well, I didn't know they were back. Oh. Yeah, it's like part of the 90s thing. You know what also is back? Is these puka shell choker necklaces. Have you seen them? They're so weird. Sounds I don't nice. like. <laughs> I don't know. But Alec, you brought up um, the Blanco Brown, the Get Up song. Yeah, I thought that was kind of an intriguing, like, I don't know if he's just ripping off Lil you know Nas what? X. That's what I thought. I was like, this is just him trying to do the Western thing. Alexia will link to this song. But it's very similar to the little Nas X. Um, but again, like hugely popular. And it's also a TikTok meme. There's yeah. like a dance. Yeah, And the video couldn't be st- more stupid, simple. It's like he stood in front of a trailer and they put a spotlight on him. And Wait, the video? Yeah. I haven't seen the video. It's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. It's <laughs> Which is crazy because the Old Town Road video is so involved. And now there's like three different videos. Yeah, but I, was, I don't think the first Old Town Road video no. was the, the big like Chris Rock video. Yeah, I like, think you're right. I, I think, think it was after right. it became a hit. Yeah, they were yeah, like, yeah. Give us Put a half a million dollars. That. Let's make a video. It's really expensive. Man, oh man. I mean, I wonder how long that'll last. Because do people even like Western music like that? Or I guess it's pop country. I guess, I don't know, they do. Well, what I can't tell is whether it's actually sincere liking of the, that sort of country sound, or it's kind of ironic, semi-making fun of it. I think it's that, but also, it's a jam. It is. And by the way, I'm a secret country fan. Like, are I you think, really? I think some of the best songs are being written by country music artists. They're not necessarily the pop country songs, but mm-hmm. they're actually melodically based and like storytelling lyrics. This is lyrics so something a copywriter would say. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a try. Like it's no, like I I'm not against it. I grew up with a I grew up with like hillbillies in my family, so I am like on the Merle Haggard train. I'm well, and something else that's train. nice about country music. You're talking about those classics. It's sincere. It's incredibly which is, sincere. Which is really weird in our like ironic, cynical mm-hmm. culture. Which I think is one reason why a lot of the country fans really hate the Lil Nas X. Mm-hmm. They feel they're being made fun of. And they're very... Yeah. I mean, some of these songs are very earnest. And mm-hmm. it's easy for us to be like, oh, roll our eyes. And like, give me a break. But if you turn your cynicism off and like try to feel what they're feeling, it's kind of beautiful. But Lil Nas X himself, I can't see him making fun of anyone. He is like so sincere. I think if you yeah. follow him on Twitter and if you look at him and see what he's doing, he's just a guy who's a youngster and he's, I don't know, he's putting his heart and his soul into I didn't this know work. this either. He's, he's gay. Yeah, he, he just, came out on yeah. Twitter. That's just right, which again puts him like outside of rap culture yeah. a little bit. And mm-hmm. Well, and outside of country culture too. He's yeah, his own yeah. thing. He's his own thing. (laughs) (laughs) We always end on little Nas X. I don't know why we talk about him so much. Maybe I need to up my my estimate (laughs) on on how many weeks he's going to be. All right, let's say 40 weeks and get out of (laughs) here. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for Alec for being here. Thank you for being nice to me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... 
You pay me. <laughs> well, <laughs> some of these people out there aren't so nice. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, let's hang out next week. Bye. Right, bye. <laughs>